guys. Welcome to Decentralized with Cointelegraph. We're doing an official podcast after the conclusion of the World Economic Forum in Davos. Um, I'd like to introduce Editor-in-Chief of Cointelegraph, Christina Lucrezia Cornet. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be with you tonight and to just um, give a good recap of the week that was. My pleasure. Gareth Jenkinson, mm-hmm. reporter at Cointelegraph. And Thank you very much. Yeah, we, we're telling you good evening because it's 2 a.m. here in Davos. Yeah. Um, but maybe you will be listening to us your morning, afternoon, whatever you prefer. So it was your first World Economic Forum. It was. Um, What's your main take? A crazy week. Uh, a lot of interesting people. Um, I think Cointelegraph probably did an excess of... 15 interviews with different industry participants. We got to touch base with people that were inside the World Economic Forum, um, involved in panel discussions. And as I understand it, it's more about workshops and, you know, really going through complex topics. Um, and then we got to chat to a lot of industry participants just taking over the main promenade inside Davos. So if you've been to Davos, there's a main street outside of the World Economic Forum. Uh, It's called the Promenade. That's the name of the street. And uh, over the last three or four years, um, crypto and blockchain events have been like front and center, you know, taking over the shops that are basically rented out for the week during the World Economic Forum. I was in Davos for the first time in 2018. So it was basically just after Bitcoin reached 17,000. And um, the first real bull run. Uh, time, at least as I know, uh, that crypto came to Davos. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't part of the official WEF program, but uh, there was a crypto house mm-hmm. uh, and a few uh, crypto parties. Um, but I remember that our community was pretty marginal yeah. uh, in 2018. And since then, we have seen that the main program has started including uh, crypto-related topics. Mm-hmm. Like this year, we had uh, one about CBDCs, another about digital finance and assets, uh, and a few more about metaverse. Yeah. Um, but the main crypto activity is taking place in the promenade, and we can see that basically all the street is full of uh, crypto people and blockchain projects. And honestly. Um, in my opinion, there were less big names mm-hmm. who from the official WEF program came to the promenade. Yeah. It looks like the, the, there is this antagonism, at least geographically within the, within the city, where uh, the World Economic Forum that is uh, financed uh, uh, by the WEF Foundation uh, and their raised funds, um, they sponsored the, the WEF summit, while yeah. the promenade is basically the city that rents places. Yeah, it's it's open to anyone, really. You know, it's not the the WEF's kind of playground. That was my take. Um, I think the main thing was Coin Telegraph went to Davos to basically kind of figure out who's talking about crypto inside the World Economic Forum and blockchain, and why is the crypto and blockchain community itself kind of taking over town? So we went into town. Um, we went to Blockchain Hub, um, GBBC. There was a Filecoin, uh, a very heavy, heavy presence from Filecoin. And um, uh, Hedera also had quite a, a central point on the main, the main street. And um, 
it was full of crypto and, and blockchain people, right? Um, yeah, it kind of like yeah, but it, almost ten different pavilions, exactly. Different so cases, and then a lot of parties and events, side events, and. But I, I think um, conversations with some of the people that we chatted to were kind of highlighting um, the fact that some of the people that were there in May last year were not here this year. So uh, it was a little bit less of a presence of crypto and blockchain on the promenade, um, minus the likes of FTX um, and company that, that just weren't there this year. Um, Do you know that last year, actually, FTX w- were invited and they spoke at the official WAF uh, program. And I, how, how quickly things can change in a year. That's crazy. I remember I, I was at that panel. I was dedicated to uh, environmental impact of crypto. And uh, uh, there was, uh, I think, Anthony Scaramucci, yeah. um, some folks from universities uh, and FTX. And he was the only, FTX US, he was the only guy in jeans yep. and t-shirt and the whole web and well we know very yep. well what happened with FTX we know how that story ended so I mean um, a, a key takeaway for me was although um, we've shaken out a lot of people from the cryptocurrency industry um, inside the World Economic Forum there were more panels than there were last year and the likes of Ripple and Circle you know kind of said to me that that is an indication that at least the conversations and the people that are being involved in driving, you know, workshops around cryptocurrency and blockchain adoption inside the World Economic Forum are becoming more than they were in the past. Even though there is a like a proverbial wall where the World Economic Forum ends and the promenade starts and all those crypto and blockchain events are there. So um, it's it doesn't sound as negative as I kind of went into Davos feeling, you know, about the the divide between the two. Do you think there was somebody missing um, some big names <laughs> from crypto? Um, yeah, I think we can just jump straight into that one. So um, there was talk in town during the week from different people. I mean, I spoke to a few people that mentioned it to me and a few people mentioned it to you. So obviously Binance are probably the biggest player in the space right now. And CZ was in San Moritz last week, um, involved in a crypto conference there. Um, allegedly, he was invited to WEF and then uninvited. So he wasn't actually in town. He did speak briefly at Blockchain Hub. Uh, they had him dialed into to a conversation. So he was kind of at WEF or at Davos, but he wasn't there in person. And it was an interesting talking point, right? Yeah, it's I like guess it, it's only a rumor, but uh, this this brings us to this um, other rumor about the the whole governance within the WEF yeah. uh, that has been governed for over 50 years already by its founder, Klaus Schwab. And it looks like uh, there is something going on within the WEF community right now. A wanting of a, the a Guardian, change of God. The Guardian just published an article, I think, yesterday or the other day mm-hmm. about, uh, the, the, they called it a mutiny yeah. uh, within the WEF. So it looks like um, people within uh, the WEF uh, are waiting for his um, successor to come and to bring some more innovative rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like he uh, prefers to to be heavily involved in who he wants to see and who he doesn't. He's got a big Again, I'm not sure w- how exactly is it related, but uh, yeah. I think it's an interesting time because uh, also for the WEF, they definitely have to change, not only in terms of 
which topics they discuss and how do they approach the whole challenges of globalization that basically was created by this community of yeah. industrialists and capitalists and uh, um, politicians. Uh, but also uh, it's a moment for them to uh, maybe review uh, their approach to the event. Definitely. I mean, the people whom we met from the WEF, they're pretty open. and uh, I think everyone was pretty candid about the experiences that they had. I think it's important to note, like, I spoke to individuals from Circle, uh, from Ripple, Sebastian Bourget from The Sandbox was involved in conversations inside the World Economic Forum. Hedera were involved in conversations inside the Economic Forum. So at least four different people told me that from the from the outside looking in, it looks like WEF is not talking about crypto and block. Well, blockchain definitely they're talking about, but crypto in particular. But the the truth of the matter is, the workshops that are happening inside the World Economic Forum from people that were involved in those conversations, they are they are definitely talking about it, and they're they're doing kind of as much research as they can to understand as best way to treat the industry because it's it's a very complex beast right so i think uh for us as a publication and and our experience or well, well my my experience uh, personally it's important to just say that the wef is definitely trying to do its best to kind of understand what the cryptocurrency industry is doing but there is a very clear divide between a handful of people from the industry that are actually talking inside there and everyone else on the promenade and the wider cryptocurrency community, you know, and the likes of CZ and Coinbase and those kind of people that weren't there having discussions in town, you know. So, yes, they're doing it, but it's it's there's a clear divide. Crypto and blockchain is happy to have its own conversation in town, unencumbered. Yeah, but I think it's in our own interest to actually be involved uh, because if we want, uh, and we know that, well, and to some extent, regulations are inevitable. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but they've been speaking about that since you were there in 2018. Yeah, but, but it we depends on us, that footage, those right? who know the industry, yeah. to make those regulations smart and thoughtful. And for that, we need to, to educate and to share our experience with those decision makers. And well, WEF is just that that place yeah. uh, where definitely you can find uh, as many decision makers as you can. So you need a wider representative or representation of what the industry is, right? That's I think that's, for us, the conversation that we're trying to drive is bring more of the cryptocurrency industry into those conversations because at the moment it's a very select few that are going inside the World Economic Forum and having conversations about how cryptocurrency should be a part of traditional finance. Um, I think it's probably worth just moving along to another interesting point in my mind. Uh, Jamie Dimon chatting to CNBC during the week and the likes of Andrew Ross Serkin and company on air kind of challenging him, you know, being like, Jamie, you can't be saying that Bitcoin's a fraud. It's It's been around for a long time. And I think a lot of people understand what the value proposition is. So for that narrative to be like, it's just a fraud, it you know, it's based on nothing. No one's just going to sit there and accept that kind of rhetoric from from people that are very knowledgeable. I mean, is Jamie Dimon honestly telling us that he doesn't understand how Bitcoin works? I, I struggle to believe that. Do you think he just... Uh... <laughs> fakes uh, his uh, I don't lack know. of knowledge. I mean, um, you you saw him later in the day. Um, yeah, I met him and actually at JP Morgan party and uh, 
the guy totally lost his voice. So I like, I hardly had, had a long day. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a long week uh, as yeah. well. I think it was the same day that he gave that CNBC yeah, interview. Um, well, he was, I think he he's already tired talking about Bitcoin because everybody <laughs> associates him with this skepticism toward Bitcoin. Um, but I think he's already, um, he's a prisoner of his own uh, position. Ideology, yes, exactly. and uh, like he has to keep... Uh, yeah, uh, defending his position, but I'm pretty sure that it wouldn't JP Morgan. Uh, well, yeah, I think they're pretty favourable, and they've probably got um, uh, you know uh, some sort of um, you know custody and holdings in cryptocurrencies. On that note, I found it very interesting. I moderated a panel at One Inch during the week, and I chatted directly to bankers that are obviously managing cryptocurrency custody inside main uh, financial institutions. So for me, it literally shows that banks are involved in the cryptocurrency space. They're investing in digital assets directly. And it just goes to show that within Davos, um, financial institutions are going to the crypto and blockchain proponents in town and having these conversations. Yeah, at the same time, at the CBDC's panel uh, at the main Wafford uh, program, mm-hmm. um, I think it was South African uh, central bank governor yes who actually raised his concern that uh with blockchain we are trying to solve a problem uh, that doesn't exist so we are basically inventing a problem to be solved uh that is well in my opinion it's really a, a misconception because the in order to innovate in order to bring more opportunities to the financial system uh we definitely need to try new technologies and blockchain just enables so many new services and uh, uh, I'm not even talking about this like simple stuff like uh, the commissions and the time of transactions in the traditional banking. Yeah. So it's, well, it's pretty funny to see that uh, those bankers are pretty cautious and uh, you know, I think when whenever you are involved for too much time into an industry and into a project, uh, and into framework and uh, frame of mind, mm-hmm. maybe you tend to um, underestimate the importance of innovation yeah. and also the inevitability of its innovations. It moves pretty quickly whether you're on board or off board. Um, I don't know if you want to chat very briefly just about your experience inside the World Economic Forum compared to the access that you had in uh, Well, this is an past. interesting... Uh, yeah, an interesting experience I didn't expect, actually. So first time I came to Davos in 2018, uh, we were just uh, working on the promenade, so we didn't have access. We were not accredited at the, at the WEF. Um, and the first accreditation that we got was uh, in May. Uh, was the first time ever the World Economic Forum took place in summer yeah. because of the pandemic. It got postponed, I think, like three times, something like that. Um, and we were given a white badge, so-called white badge. It's, it means like all access. Uh, and uh, I think there are only 2,500, um, well, up to 3,000 white badges who participate in the at, in the WEF. And it's a pretty big... Big thing inside. I mean, like there's a load of things to cover. And you you have this uh, top link application where you can uh, create your schedule, set up meeting with any participant at the forum. Uh, so it's pretty convenient. It, it, it's very innovative as a platform. Um, and this is w- what my experience looked like uh, in May. Uh, this January, um, 
as far as I understand, there were more people, more media, and so we were just given media badges. Yeah, uh, and, and the experience was totally different. Limited access. I honestly, um, well, I think this is something that needs to be uh, innovated, or unless it's uh, it's made on purpose, because uh, basically, in order to set up a meeting. You have to uh, you have to request it um, manually, writing an email to a responsible person. The same applies to uh, getting access to the Congress area. The same applies to getting access to a panel. The same applies to getting uh, access with your video equipment. Yeah. And there is no way to check your uh, schedule somewhere because there is no application for media. Uh, and this was pretty yeah. confusing. Well, confusing and and kind of like a barrier to entry. Well, not a barrier into uh, to entry. Yeah, looks like but they do not want us. Uh, they didn't make present it easy. Everywhere. They didn't make it easy. Uh, you, you need to know your place, and obviously, this is in such a big contrast to any crypto event where everyone has the same access, mm-hmm. uh, and you can talk to any top tier manager manager in any project, and. Um, and this is just incredibly different from uh, what you experience here at the WEF. Yeah. This to represent this incumbent system where hierarchy plays a very important role and protocol as well. I think it's just uh, disappointing for us because um, we would have liked more access and uh, more dialogue with people that were involved inside the World Economic Forum because we were able to speak to so many people out in the promenade and I wouldn't say unprecedented access, but all the crypto and blockchain events, all the speakers there were willing to have a chat to us, you know? But the funny thing is, I was shared this uh, also by other people who have been coming to Davos for, for a few times already, that since crypto has been invading, conquering the promenade, mm-hmm. like the big names stopped coming to the promenade. So there is this dichotomy it makes us our job uh, if we do not have access to the web pretty limited because in the end of the day we we have access to those with whom we in any case chat at any crypto event we have the we have those relationships already i don't know if you want to um, touch on it all just the perhaps like environmental conversations that happen around the world economic forum yeah uh, we both had the opportunity to chat to Jamie Leverton from Hat 8 during the week, and I would say they were the only cryptocurrency mining company that were representing the industry at the World Economic Forum. And she, you know, she gave some very valuable points around the potential for Bitcoin mining just to monetize energy and to incentivize um, greener use of energy, and even you know using flared natural gas or gas from landfills and that kind of thing to power. Bitcoin mining, you know, so you, you're you incentivizing the production of energy through greener sources. And uh, for the longest time, I think it's fair to say that the Bitcoin mining industry in particular has been painted as a dirty, bad for the environment type of industry. Yeah, it's pretty symbolic that yeah, she was here. Exactly. Davos. Um, sustainability is one of the main topics here at Davos. Uh, also because this uh, WEF community has to paint a, an image of being aware mm-hmm. of uh, the climate change issues and uh, sustainability issues. Um, that's why I think everything related to blockchain applied to sustainability 
uh, has had a big success here in Davos. Mm -hmm. Hedera had a pavilion dedicated to this topic and uh, blockchain applied to liquidity and carbon markets and uh, the discussions around different types of blockchains and proof of work versus... Uh, Proof of stake and, um, and other protocols. So I think it's also important to note that these conversations take place here and it takes us closer to the decision makers. And in the end of the day, this is the only way we can move forward with sustainability because we can talk uh, as much as we want about revolutionizing the, the financial system, but we have only one life and one earth and yeah, this uh, is true i mean we do have to be conscious did you know, notice that uh like there was really little snow in davos this time well i hadn't been to davos before but i mean i've seen i've seen footage you know of years past and it's always full of snow it's not a few times while we were in town it's definitely cold um but j just on um had eight being in Davos, I, I think it's imperative in the future for someone from the crypto or Bitcoin mining community representing and actually having those conversations inside places like the World Economic Forum because they do drive discourse and direction on our approach to, you know, environmental affairs. And it's important to have an accurate and like broad dialogue around Bitcoin mining because, it, yes, I mean, if you're plugged into coal power plants, it's bad for the environment. But if you're monetizing green energy, it's a different conversation altogether. So I just wanted to really, you know, touch on that point because I think she made some really, really important discussion points around the, you know, the adoption of crypto mining and just people understanding a bit better in terms of environmental effects. A main uh, theme for the, for the Cointelegraph team was just the, you know, Crypto and blockchain, making a home in the middle of town, you know, where its walls are pretty high. Is crypto and blockchain here to stay? I think, like, for me, it's pretty pretty clear, right? Like, traditional finance is literally just going into town and having the conversations and watching the panels and networking with crypto and blockchain companies that are in town um, if they're not involved in the space already. And the World Economic Forum is having its own discussions and they're kind of doing their own thing. But also we can definitely learn from them, from their mistakes and also from exactly. their successes. And uh, in the end of the day, uh, the only way to make sure that there are smart decisions around our industry is to make sure that we are part of the table of yeah. the discussion. Everyone has to sit around the same table and, and really just talk to each other a bit more. But it's already happening. I think my... From my first Davos, my main takeaway is that whether or not, you know, uh, the estab an establishment is telling us what we should and shouldn't do in terms of cryptocurrency and blockchain adoption, it's decentralized. It's doing its own thing. Whether or not you're going to let us in the walls of that building or not, we're going to set up our tents in the middle of town and have our own events and our own discussions and the future of money and, you know, decentralization is happening whether or not whatever governments are in control of people. Totally agree. And I would like to add that uh, communication and bridging different uh, communities is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Also, because in order to move forward, we need to we need to fight our own biases. And the only way to do it is to look at the world through the eyes of others. And even those whom maybe we do not um admire as much as uh, uh, as as we could we still can learn from them 
so, and the WEF definitely represents a whole uh, spectrum of, of different people from different backgrounds and different ideas. And uh, this is an amazing place to like refresh your own uh, mindset and uh, think a bit of uh, other ways to approach the problems that we are thinking every day. But gosh, I miss crypto events. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes without saying, yeah. Uh, I think all in all, just an amazing week in Davos, first time in town. Yeah. Things are coming together, whether we like them or not. Uh, maybe there's a perception that cryptocurrencies are still volatile and, and that's a, a big turnoff. But nevertheless, like crypto is doing its own thing in town. Traditional finance is touching base with everyone. They're involved in DeFi. Banks are, you know, literally buying cryptocurrencies themselves. Um, it's it's all happening anyway. Plan B Lugano are in town, uh, you know, chatting about literally a city that's adopting cryptocurrencies for for payment options. You know, if you want to pay your taxes, if you want to pay your bills, you can do it if you have cryptocurrency, you know. So the adoption is happening anyway. And I think it's kind of just inevitable that all of it is going to come together. And that is what I got from a lot of people I spoke to. And I think we spoke to a lot of people while we were in town. So, yeah, I have. I like to think we'll be back in Davos next year and that there will be a bigger presence of crypto, but whether it's bigger or smaller, it's going to be there. That's that's what I take away from this week. What was the funniest thing that happened to you? <laughs> um, quite a few funny things happened. Uh, I think the biggest one was on, on uh, Thursday night, me and Mickey, uh, our cameraman, we were running solo. We decided it was time to go back to the car. And Ricky, <laughs> and, uh, the videographer, had uh, driven all the way from Italy and he had Italian diesel in the engine. So we got to the car at uh, probably nine o'clock at night, me and Mickey, and we tried to start the car and it's a diesel engine and it didn't start. So we had to walk all the way to a petrol station in town. Uh, Ricky came from the Hilton Hotel with glass bottles and we filled up with some petrol. And while we're at the petrol station filling up petrol, two policemen walk up to us, ask us, what the hell are you doing? Obviously, it looks like we've got, we're making Molotov cocktails or something like that. So two Italians and a, a South African with a, a British passport had to whip out our ID to prove who we were. Um, you know, I told them that our diesel engine is not working and we're going to use some petrol to get the engine started. We didn't even know if it would work. They let us go. Uh, we went back to the car. And it didn't work. It worked. We put two liters of petrol in a diesel engine. We left it for 20 minutes. We started the ignition. A for away. We made it work. So, yeah, that was definitely the most hectic part of our trip to, to, to Davos. What about you? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I remember that as well because I was at an event, uh, hosting an event. And, uh, yeah. If we hadn't got it working, we wouldn't have taken you home. <laughs> yeah, because in Italy we have two types of uh, diesel, uh, Arctic diesel and normal diesel. And when I was telling the story to uh, to people here, they were like, but every diesel has to yeah. have How does your these additions not work? now. Like, it's... It's, it just it's is what it is. So, well, I don't know. I don't have such a funny story. But today I was like struggling to climb on a seat at the panel. <laughs> and well, I managed to do it. Yeah, to be honest, there were too many funny tales to regale. But like, it was just a really good week. I think it was pretty positive. And I came away thinking that, yeah, um, crypto and blockchain is definitely really becoming embedded in like mainstream society. It's and, inevitable. Yeah. The future of money is here and it's happening whether you like it or not. And that and is And it's decentralized. 
Exactly. So decentralized with Cointelegraph and thank you for being with us today. Good evening, everyone.